Maintenance Sunday. We thank God for each and every one of you. We are going to ask you to be so kind as to uh, go ahead and mute yourself um, if you haven't. We're going to ask you to mute yourself. Uh, we thank God for you. Give us one second. We are having a problem with one of our avenues. Amen. Amen. And amen. Uh, amen, 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 and amen. God bless you. Heaven smile on you. We thank God for you this morning, each and every person that is coming and those who are watching via YouTube and those who will join us via Zoom real soon. We thank God for you. We thank God for you. We wholly thank God for you amen amen and amen we just want to get our youtube going and amen 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 i can't see from that far away uh so bear with me one second i need to be able to see something Ah, uh, it'll show it to me in a minute. All right, amen. We figured it out. What well, we got to click. The day is coming. Trust me, y'all. The day is coming. The day is coming. The day is coming. The day is coming. The day of the Lord's salvation is coming. Amen. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Oh. Y'all know why, what I do. We just say a prayer and get right into it. But uh, as way, by way of an announcement, we want to thank each and every one who is going to be part of our commitment Sunday. And we want to thank you for your gifts you have already given, those of you who sent them in and those of you who are going to send them in we thank god for you we have actually i had thought i had 10. i do have 10 but one is already promised uh to prophet simmons um why todd because god said so uh and she says she needed one to share with a friend so if you inbox me and send me your address i have nine more um, on Why Tide, written by a good friend of mine, um, the Reverend Dr. Walter DeLoach, the pastor of the Unity Temple in Tiberia uh, Baptist Church out of Brooklyn, New York. So um, we know we put sending one, getting one to Sister Sharon Simmons, Prophet Sharon Simmons. Um, and if there's anybody else who wants or needs one, we will get them one um, as soon as we possibly can just... Uh, let me know uh inbox me um and uh inbox me and we will 
get it to you. Good morning, sister. Rant. I don't know why I'm having. I took the thing off so that I wouldn't have to admit anybody. But oh well. Thank God, sister Ransom, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And so, if anybody else wants um, one of those uh, tithing books, just let me know so that we can uh, mail it to you or get it to you. Um, again, we had 10, but one is already committed. So, that leaves us with nine as you are asking people to, to come and tithe and so see into this ministry and you yourself are part of this ministry. I want you to understand the practicality, the purpose and the power there is in tithing and sowing seed. Amen. Amen. Come on, let us pray. Let us pray. Good morning, Father God. We thank you. We thank you that even if it's raining someplace and the sun isn't shining, even in places where there is storm and cold weather and war and even famine, it's still a good morning because you allowed us to wake up and you touched us with your finger of love and our tongue didn't cleave to the roof of our mouth and our bed didn't become our cooling. It's a good morning, Father God, because there's still a chance for peace to break out in a war to a land. There is still chance that bread from heaven will be sent by human angels to feed somebody who's hungry there. There's still a chance that in the midst of the rain and the storm, somebody will have an umbrella and shelter somebody else. So, so Father God, no matter what the conditions are around the world, it is a good morning that you woke us up and allowed us to do our master's bidding. For this God, we say thank you. It's a good morning, Father God, because you've allowed us, you've allowed us another chance to be your servants here in this world. It's a good morning, Father God, because you've allowed us not only to see another day, but to be active participants in being a blessing to somebody else. And so, Father God, thank you. It is a good morning. Father God, we're praying for those who have joined us live and those who will watch later. We thank you, Father God, for this commitment Sunday, for them coming and being a part of and for them coming and participating, for them coming with a spirit of thanksgiving and a spirit of loving kindness. In the mighty and matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, we pray and we thank you. Amen. Amen. And amen. Sister Williams, I'm going to ask you to mute your microphone. Amen. 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 We're not going to hold you too long. We are reading from the 58th chapter, the first 12 verses of Isaiah 58, 1 through 12. And the King James standing of the Bible. Shout out. Do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinances of God. 
They ask me for righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interests on your fast days and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I chose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head of a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I chose to lose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not hide yourself from your kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call on the Lord and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in darkness and your gloom like be like noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt and raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer, the restorer of streets to live in. I want to talk with you for a few moments today from the thought, the purpose of kingdom workers in a fallen world. As we enter and embark upon this new journey, this new place, I want you to understand what you are committing to as being a supporter and uh, a participant and a member of this ministry. Please pray with me, if you will. God eternal wise, we come now. The unlearned son of sharecroppers and farmers. God, this morning, if you don't mind, I want to preach in the old time. I want to go back to when preachers preached the truth and unadulterated love of the gospel. I want to preach this morning, Father God, like the old preacher who didn't care about being popular as long as his words were powerful, precise, and prophetic. I want to preach like the old preacher this morning, Father God, who stood fast on your word and firm on his faith. Lord, I want to preach like the old preacher this morning. He didn't preach for money or glory or fame, but he preached and told your people about the goodness of your grace. God, this morning, if you will, so I want to preach like the old preacher. Who reached down in his well of knowledge and understanding and experience with you. And told the hearers what thus saith 
the Lord. I want to, I want to, I want to this morning, God, if you just for a little while, let me preach like the old preacher. Stand in the way and tell somebody that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Now, God, be thou my strength and my redeemer. Be thou my fortress and my stronghold. In Christ Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Ah. We come to the third and last subdivision of the third and last part of the book of Isaiah. And both name and number again remind us that we have the salvation of Jehovah fully manifested. Here the book begins again as it were since we have these closing addresses. Here the book does four things. There is the reiteration of the danger of the exposure of sin. There is a pleading of God and the prophet to love one another. There is the warnings of danger to come if we don't follow God's will. And for the divine discrimination between pride and penitence. At first, as at first and in all, we may discern graphic pictures of what affect us today. When we think about our world today, we realize how connected we are now to Israel on earth then. The word, the word of God like its author never becomes age but bears the vitality of youth through centuries and millenniums. Yes, thousands of years may come and go, yet Yet these are all linked vitally together and so unified by a common nature that, that they are morally or more or less one generation. A truth that throws light on Matthew 23, 36 and 24 and 30. The, the generation that repeats its sad history constantly. In other words, Christendom has become only heathendom veneered in a form of godliness, but but it lacks the power therein. In other words, men fail Christ. Christ doesn't fail men. The Christian church may fail, but the Christ who died for the Christian church shall never fail his bride. And, and so it's not that love doesn't work. Men don't love, don't work at loving. It's not... Uh, Faith that doesn't work, men don't work at having faith. And so, so the word of God is true. So as our chapter begins with the wrestling of the spirit with God, poor foolish Jacob-like men who whoever seek to maintain our standing in the flesh before him and, and in verse after verse, on convicting power, he touches the hollow of our thigh till we again hang helpless, dependent, 
and therefore happily upon him. The prophet points out just who we all are. We are all guilty some way or another. If, if you thought the verses and chapters I was reading exclude you, then that's why you are most included for even present company, even I am included in here somewhere. And so we have to rely upon him who overcomes that he may bless us without any sorrow accompanying the blessing. I just want to talk to you about two things. First, I want to talk to you about the prophet's predicament and purpose. Isaiah is now coming near the end of his prophecy. And he has watched his people regress and egress and do everything but make progress as the children of God. He's prayed for them. He's preached for them. He's prophesied to them. He's, he's been the lone voice crying out. And yet, he feels as if he's come to the crossroads of his career. But even here, even here, Isaiah teaches us what the prophet's predicament and purpose will always be. See, the prophet must never whisper, but cry out with a loud voice. That's, that's what Isaiah 58 and 1 says, shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sin. The prophet can never be quiet. The, the prophet does not have a personal preference on people. The, the prophet is designed and told by God when and where he or she must come and go and to whom he and she must, I wish somebody was praying with me, whom he and she must tell the truth to. The prophet isn't trying to be popular. But with a loud voice and unpalatable truth, the prophet must cry, bringing home to them as constituting God's witness on earth. What is the true condition in the state of affairs to the people whom the prophet speaks? People, you are in rebellion. The church is in rebellion. Preachers and pastors are in rebellion. Deacons and trustees are in rebellion. Bishops and prelates and all of these things. Men have become lovers of themselves and the church. I know I ain't going to be popular about this. The church is in a state of rebellion. And she wonder why she grows weaker and weaker every day. It's one thing to allow the sinners in to repent. It's a whole other thing when you allow the sin in and you go along with it. I wish somebody, I wish somebody was praying with me. The voice of the prophet thus being lifted. If a reasonable degree of religion be maintained, a sleepy conscience readily acquits of the heinousness of the crime as a heinous crime such as rebellion. Of all the sins, of all the crimes that we commit against God, there's none worse than rebellion. The right informs us that it would have been better had you never been born, 
than to turn your back or rebel against God. It is then to be wondered at the gift of prophecy. Is it really a gift for you are burdened? The prophet and preachers burdened with telling the truth, the mama, daddy, sister, brother, aunt, uncle, friend, or foe, and, and the prophet's got to go where God tells him to go. Come here, Amos. Amos, what, what you doing down here? I'm not a prophet, and I'm not the son of a prophet or a preacher or a teacher. I was minding my daddy's sycamore trees. I ain't nothing but a sharecropping farmer. But I heard the voice. I wish somebody was praying with me. I feel all right, Holy Ghost. I heard the voice of the Lord told me to come and stand in the gap and tell somebody that no matter what happens, you got to trust in the Lord. I heard the voice of God tell me to leave my sycamore trees and come to the big city and tell y'all that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The, the, the prophet, the prophet has one truth. The prophet has one boss. The prophet has but one people. The prophet's one truth is that God is, God was, and God forever will be our righteous judge and our redeemer. That's the prophet's one truth. The prophet's one boss is God himself who calls and ordains the prophet. And the prophet has one people to whom he must speak. Anybody living outside of the will, the way, and not doing the work of God. People don't love the prophet. People don't love the preacher. People do not love unpalatable truths. And when they have alternatives of listening to soothing assurances, moving eloquence, pleasing illustrations, and entertaining antidotes, they, they naturally withdraw and avoid the scathing rebuke and righteous rebellion and condemnation of the prophet. But it's not the prophet who is condemning us. It is it is the word of God that comes through the prophet. And so the prophet and the prophecy is despised. And so 1 Thessalonians 5 and 20 comes true. Despise not prophesying. And, and the prophet still yells back to God, they are rebellious. I wish somebody was praying with me. The prophet shouts back, they are rebellious. What steady attendance they are in the temple or synagogue, or, or, or we should say how consistently we go to church or attend some meeting. What, what, what more can we do? So confident of those here addressed that, that they call on God to intervene in the most thorough judicial investigation, which they are sure can but issue their justification. Do they not take pleasure in temple ritual? Do we not enjoy church service? There is a prophet right now who's lifting up his or her voice this very day. Have you heard it, listener? Have you heard it, reader? There's a great blessing attaching to hearing that voice. Incalculable loss in, in being deaf to it. Here they indict Jehovah for lack of response to their religious fidelity. Eavesdrop with me, if you will, for a minute on the conversation he has with 
the church of Laodicea in Revelations 3, 14 through 21. To the church, to the angel of the church of Laodicea, write these words. These are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out my mouth. You say I'm rich, I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Counsel you, I counsel you to buy from me. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and solve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and I'll eat with that person and they with me to, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the spirit says to the churches. I, I, I stopped by to tell somebody, don't make God spit you out. Mm, I hear you, Holy Ghost. Don't, don't make God spit you out. Either be hot or cold. If you if you if you hot, he'll fine. He he enjoys you hot. But if you're cold, he can warm you up. He can get you hot. But you're neither hot nor cold, and he can't do nothing with you. So he decides to spit you out his mouth. And I stopped by to tell somebody if the church of today doesn't get right, if kingdom workers don't start picking up the fallen, if kingdom workers and kingdom preachers and prophets and priests and deacons don't start shouting about our rebellion, shouting about our sin, shouting about the things that we're getting wrong. If we don't stop playing church, I wish somebody was praying with me. He's going to spit us up. I know it's a hard word, but it's the truth. But then look at the position and the place of the people. Uh, the address is to Israel on earth. But we are dull indeed if we cannot hear under the word promises. And many in this long, continuous generation have not, and many are not in the future, and most will miss it. We as the church must bear the burden of carrying his name. We must hold high the banner of those who've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. We cannot compromise with sin nor sinners. As I said earlier, 
Christianity may fail, but Christ will never fail. We may fail in love, but love never fails. We may fail to experience joy, but joy never fails. We may fail to have hope, but hope never fails. For you see, his word shall not come back void. The gloom of Israel's sorrows shall pass away. The gracious light of his love shall shine upon her in her ring. Not at first, not with the noonday brilliance that shone in Eden's eternal sin-free God. That would be blinding under current conditions. Our sight is sensitive to the blinding truth of that magnitude. And, and so we must let our ability to gather and gaze upon such light develops slowly so so it comes to the lovely dawning and the newness that we may adjust and then adhere and at once atone for our apathy. We as the church must watch out for the danger of being exposed to sin that the very sins that we've come to preach and teach about we ourselves don't commit them. We have to be careful as the church to make sure that the pleadings of God's love is about God and loving one another. That we are trying to encourage people to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, and all thy soul. That they may worship him in spirit and in truth as opposed to trying to get them to love us as preachers and teachers and pastors and churchmen. We must, as the church, our position and place must be the warnings of the dangers that come with not following God's word and not carrying out God's will. And then finally, the position and the place of the people must be between divine discrimination, between pride and penance. For pride cometh before fall. But we must always be in a position ready, willing, and able to repent. And then, and then the words of Isaiah become true. The words in the eighth through the twelfth voice, verse become true. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Mm -hmm. Your vindicator shall go before you, mm -hmm. and uh, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. <laughs> uh, then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. Oh Lord. <laughs> You shall cry in a he'll help. He'll say, here am I. And if you remove the yoke from among you, uh, the pointing of the finger and speaking of evil. <laughs> if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, I feel all right now. <laughs> then your light shall rise in darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. <laughs> And then the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parts places. 
And he'll make your bones strong and you shall be like the water gardens, like a spring of water whose a spring of water whose waters never fail. And uh, your ancient ruins shall be built and you shall raise up the foundations of many generations. And you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the, the restorer of those who live in streets. And, and then we can declare like First John 3 and 2. <laughs> It doth not yet appear what we shall be. <laughs> but all I know is that uh, we shall be like him when he appears. <laughs> we'll be like him for we shall see him as he is. <laughs> well, Dr. Wade, what is he like? <laughs> He's like love that holds no record of wrong. <laughs> He's like joy that the world didn't give you and the world can't take away. <laughs> He's like hope on a sinking ship and you might have to swim. You might have to get there on broken boards, but we'll all get there. He's like a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I heard Job say he is my redeemer and I shall see him in the last day. I heard the old preacher say that he was a burden bearer and a heavy load sharer. Man, that told me he's a bridge over troubled water and a rock in a weary land. I don't know what I shall be, but I, I know I'll be like him when he shall appear. If I do his work, do his will, if I follow his leading and guide, and if instead of rebelling for our sins, we were to repent, then, then we shall be like him and we shall see him. Ah. Just like he is. Amen. 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 God bless you. Heaven smile on you. Thank you for joining us. It is Commitment Sunday again. We've asked. We are seeking at least 15 people to commit to $100 on the first Sunday of every month. Some people sent theirs in yesterday. We thank you. We thank you. And may God richly bless you. We have a book that we want to get out to you about why tithe, because we want you to understand the purpose of tithing. And if you want to give it to a friend or a family member who's going to and wants to sow seeds in this ministry, let me know. Inbox me your address and we'll try to get it out to you in the mail as soon as possible. We have nine left. There's already been a request and a promise given for one. And so we want to honor that. And so we have nine more. So inbox me the first nine people who inbox me the address. We will get them mailed out to you, especially if your plan is to tie. Amen. Especially if your plan is to tithe and be a tither in this ministry. Let me pray for you. Let me pray over your finances, wherever you are. Touch those of you who are going to cash app, whatever means you're going to use to send. Touch your cash app icon, your Zelle icon, your 
PayPal icon, whatever it is, <clears throat> touch it. And I want to pray for you right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we bless these who have committed themselves to Commitment Sunday of $100 every first Sunday. You ask the question, will, rob, will a man rob God? Well, God, I want to inform you that these have not robbed you in their tithe and in their offering. For they've given freely from their heart and their hand and sold into this ministry. And so now, Lord, I ask that you bless them. Let their meal barrel always overflow, a roof always be over their head, clothes on their back, and a reasonable means of transportation to and from, and a career and a job that will allow them and their family to prosper. And prosper them in heart, mind, spirit, body, and soul. Prosper them physically as well as financially and spiritually. This is my prayer for these supporters, these who have promised and are keeping this commitment. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Heaven smile on you. Have a great, enjoy the rest of your Labor Day weekend. Um, and we will be having another meeting. Uh, I'll give weekly updates on Wednesday. I don't want to start teaching yet. Um, so every Wednesday at about 7 p.m., I will give us a weekly update where we are, what we've done, what we're doing, what we are working on um, as we are still suspended off of Facebook as we continue to strive, strive to develop a new page. Amen. 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 God bless you. Heaven smile on you. Uh, we are going to put this up on Facebook later. So please share it with somebody or share it with uh, somebody off of YouTube. And if you're able to put it up on your page, on YouTube, off of YouTube, please do so, please, sir, please, ma'am. God bless you. Heaven smile on you. May you richly be blessed. Amen. 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 God bless you.